I often hear and see people digging themselves into the same kind of holes. I see people getting into the same kind of trouble doing things that sometimes I think are actually unnecessary and making their lives more difficult. And one thing I often say is just make your life easier. So that is what we're going to focus on today. I'm going to share with you some of the common patterns and common trends of areas where I feed people make life a little bit more difficult. Look, you've already got a lot of things to do. You've got a demanding job, you've got a boss, you've got a family, life. So let's try and make things on the English side as straightforward as possible. And don't forget to stay until the end of the episode where I'm going to give you a word structure or a phrase that hardly anybody uses, but everybody should. My name is Anna and welcome to Anna Wichuen's English podcast. This podcast is your weekly 20-minute session with me where I give you all my best tips, advice and guidance as an expert business English coach to help you build your confidence and help you reach those career goals that you have in mind. Now maybe that's a new job, could be a promotion, Perhaps you want to work towards having more international responsibilities, or maybe you just want to express yourself better in the job that you already have. You feel that you're, something's not quite right, or you just want to do better, then you are in exactly the right place. You can find me on Instagram at Anna2EndsEnglish, and if you love the podcast, and you want to get a summary of the advanced and interesting vocabulary that I use on the podcast, which will help you enhance your learning, consolidate more of the things that you hear, then make sure that you subscribe to the Anna with Two Ends newsletter. And the best part, it's completely free of charge. And every week after the episode, you're going to get a little summary straight into your inbox with all of that, those lovely words, those expressions, those phrases that you hear me use that you want to practice yourself, that is what you're going to get every week. If you want to sign up, the link is in the description box. Now, just before we move on, I'm going to give a quick shout out to Tomei, who bought me a coffee very kindly. So thank you very much, Tomei. And you said, dear Anna, thank you for your weekly motivation and your sharp view about what can easily be said better. Thank you very much, Tommy. I'm not quite sure what you mean by sharp view. It's not actually a common co-location that we would use in English, but I can imagine. And thank you very much. It's a big compliment because, as you know, I like things that are concise. I like to get to the point. So I'm very happy that you've said that. If you want to support the podcast, just like Tommy did, I do this podcast in my own time. I don't have any sponsorship and if you want to donate and help support it, then you can. I'll leave the link in the description box and you can leave a donation. Now, let's get on with our main topic for today. How can you make your life easier? You know, sometimes you get stuck in a little hole. Maybe you start saying something 
you start going down one particular track and you're like, why did I do this? Maybe you're thinking about exactly what you would want to say in Spanish and you're trying to say exactly like that in English. That often happens. And you're like, uh, how do I get out of here? Well, there are some ways that you can make your life easier. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a couple of those because there's some common times when people get stuck in these little holes, let's call them. The first one, and I'm going to call this stories, but really I'm talking about a couple of things here. When people talk about things that happened in the past, maybe it's, maybe it's a story. Maybe it's about how a company was founded. Maybe it's about a project that was done a couple of years ago. Whatever it is, it's a story. You're telling me about something that happened in the past. What happens? Well, sometimes these can get a little bit messy. Number one, people can go on way too long with stories. If you don't plan your story in advance, oof, forget it especially in another language. What's the beginning? What happened in the middle? What's the message to your story? You've got to plan your story if you use a story, would be my advice. And you've got to plan it really clearly. What's the message that I'm getting across if I'm telling this story about a company, for example? What are the key things? I remember I once had a client who was preparing a speech for an audience And it was great on paper. They made a reference to the Romans. And so I'm crossing over here because it's a story, but it's a reference. And I read it there and I thought, hmm, I wonder how this is going to play out. Because whenever I see sort of things like that, they're very natural to include. But I always think, red flag. Why? Because those types of things are actually really difficult to say. When we're trying to talk about things that happened in the past, we're trying to relate it to things now, we're trying to make a cultural reference to something that's happening at the moment, like in politics, it's quite hard to get that right. Even for you, and I know that you have a, 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 an intermediate high level of English, it can still be tricky for you as well. And it's almost as if you've either got to get it absolutely spot on or not at all. So in this speech, they were talking about the Romans. And I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was a lovely speech. And they really wanted to motivate people and sort of be like, you know, Romans are great. I can't remember. I can't remember, sorry, the exact phrase. But in reality, it was confusing. And I thought you know what, if somebody started talking about the Romans in the middle of a presentation or a speech, I might get a little bit lost. Now, obviously, that depends how you express it. But in this case, it it just kind of didn't come out right. So for me, a red flag is if you ever want to mention something about historical reference, or you, you, you want to tell a story about something, really make sure that you plan it. And that it's really clear. Another key point is about pronunciation because you have got to make sure that those names are correct and any reference to any title or anything like that. I remember once that somebody was giving a presentation. I may have mentioned this before, but it's a useful point here. It was a good presentation, 
but they were talking about a brand and their brand name, they said, was Hawkers. I couldn't really decide whether they were saying Hooters. Sorry, I kind of got a bit stuck there because I think it Hookers, but it wasn't Hookers. Hooters, which is an American restaurant, or Hawkers. I wasn't really sure. So everybody else in the audience really didn't have a clue what brand they were talking about. Like, really, we didn't have a clue. And then afterwards, I said, so could you just, could you just tell me what, what, what that brand was? Because I, I didn't get the, the brand name, actually. And they said, oh, Hawkers. And I said, oh, right, okay, the eyewear brand. And then they have sunglasses. It's a sunglasses brand. So see how things can get very lost in translation. And I always bang on about this, but your key word pronunciation is absolutely fundamental when you're giving presentations. The wrong word or the slightly wrong stress on a word for a name or a brand can just set people off. It just is confusing. It throws people off. So how can you make your life easier? Making sure that if you use stories, that you're planning them carefully, that you don't, you're, you're concise, you get to the point, you don't waffle on and on about whatever. This is what happened. These are some of the messages. And be careful with the past tense. A lot of people overlook this. They're like, oh, yeah, the past tense, whatever. But honestly, this is where people make the most mistakes, not only with just using the irregular verbs, but the regular verbs, putting them in the wrong area for pronunciation, by which I mean a lot of people say watched rather than watched or liked rather than liked, much more common than you think. You know, that's always one of the first place I, places I start. I'm doing that with one of my clients at the moment. Past tense. It's an absolute essential. It's a must-have in your grammar toolbox. Okay, so we're using a story. Make sure it's clear. Set out the key points. How else can you make your life, life easier? Be careful of analogies. Analogies are wonderful, but I'm going to give you an example. By the way, an analogy I'm sure you know, but it's a way of saying something is like something else to make some kind of point really common when we're doing things like business presentations, especially in our own language. We like to use them a lot. It, it's cool. It's natural. Red flag when you're in another language, even for you. I asked a student once from How's your, how's your week been? And they're like, ooh, yeah, wow. Like a Russian mountain. I, I mean, I thought, wow, I mean, at least I know what they meant. But I was thinking, well, if that were in front of my mum in the middle of a meeting, I'm not really sure that she would have any idea what that person was talking about. Now, I know, obviously, that they mean Montaña Rusa, which in English is actually roller coaster. I would tend to avoid analogies. I, I, I hardly actually, to be honest, use expressions or analogies in Spanish. Maybe that says a lot about my level, but I recommend proceeding with caution because they can often end up being misunderstood or they're quite difficult to explain. Another client said to me once, they were like, you know, it's like getting in a car and then you, you go in the car and then you come back. And I was like, no, I'm sorry, you've lost me. Say it like it is to avoid any misunderstanding or confusion. 
And you know when you've said something and people don't understand because they kind of look at you with a blank, empty face and you're like, okay, you didn't understand anything I just said, did you? Just say it like it is. Be careful with analogies. I'm not saying don't use them. I'm not saying you should never use an analogy or an idiom or whatever, but be careful because you might not be understood and then you're kind of in a bit of a hole. You've got to get out of it or brush it over or whatever. Again, the same kind of line with things like jokes and jokes are really hard to do in another language. And I know that there's a frustration. I do appreciate this, that coming back to the client, actually with the, the Russian the Russian mountain client, you know, they've told me several times, they're like, it's just frustrating because I, I see myself or I hear myself speaking English. It just doesn't sound like me. It sounds like a different person. I'm not the same. I can't make the same jokes. I don't have the same sense of humor. Right. It doesn't feel like it's a completely accurate version of yourself, does it? It Sometimes it can be a little bit frustrating, but it is what it is, quite frankly. You can either try and do the analogies and try and crack the jokes if you want to, but you're often going to find that it might end up being a little bit awkward. Take it from me. I've had a lot of experience listening to people explain things in different ways, and these are some of the traps that they get into that you can avoid. For example, if I said to you, finding a good candidate, I'm talking here in the in the area of recruitment, finding a good candidate is like a needle in a haystack. Now, maybe you know that expression already and, you know, you're like, oh yeah, I know that one. But I absolutely bet that a lot of people, if you said that in a meeting, wouldn't have a clue what you were talking about. But if I just said, it's difficult to find good people. Oh, wow, now everybody understands. Nothing with needle and haystack. I'm not even going to go into it explaining it. I'll, I'll put it in the newsletter, okay? If you want to find out about needle and haystack, it will be in the newsletter this week. So again, this is what I'm saying. Just say it as it is. You don't need to do fancy expressions. You don't need to have fancy analogies. Just say it like it is. People are going to understand you. Job done. How else can you make your life easier? This is a really good one. I'm going to move on now. Not necessarily things you say, but things that you can do to make yourself come across better. This was actually a game changer for, well, somebody told me it was a game changer for them. An interesting thing, if you've never seen yourself speak in English, and this is something I highly encourage and I do it with all my clients, is I record the activities that we do, whether it's a presentation or a role play, and I send it to them and I say, watch it and give me feedback. Because if you've never seen or heard yourself speak in a different language, it can be quite like shocking. What you think you sound like and what you actually sound like can sometimes be different, whether that's for a positive or a negative. But often, when we're concentrating, and I do this when I speak in Spanish, I'm looking all over the place. I'm looking, you know, at the ceiling. Sometimes I'm looking at the window. I'm fiddling with one of my pens. And another client of mine had this thing where they were just looking around a lot. It's because they're thinking, they're concentrating. And sometimes it's a bit uncomfortable to sort of keep your eye line in one position. If you do have problems with that, one thing that I find helps me is if I remove the view of my camera to see myself if I'm online or things like Zoom. So I, I can't see myself at the beginning of the meeting. I just double check that everything's OK and I don't have anything in the background or I, you know, I don't know, have food in my teeth or something like this. And then I remove the view. That helps a lot. I found it helps me concentrate because I'm focused on the other person and it 
starts to avoid that looking around a lot and, and sort of maybe you're looking at your image and you're thinking about how you sound. So try that if you find yourself quite distracted when you speak English. It's true as well that sometimes when people speak in English, they look like they're going to shoot somebody and vice versa for me. I remember when I've done some videos in Spanish, there's a horrific video of me, a YouTube video. You may have already seen it. Um, well, it was a Christmas video, but it looked more like an execution video. I mean, it was just awful because I was thinking and concentrating on the words that I had to say in Spanish that I just forgot to smile. Like I looked like I was going to kill myself. It was horrific. So don't forget to smile when you're speaking or every now and again. Easier said than done. Nothing worse than a forced smile though. So try and keep it natural. But be aware of that is that sometimes when we're thinking in another language, we can actually come across as a little bit grumpy. So just, just bear that in mind. If you have to deal with different people like customers or clients, it might be useful to maybe record any interactions that you had. If, if you have the possibility to do that, I highly recommend that you do it. Or record yourself in a meeting. Please don't record anybody else without their permission, but it can be a really, really useful exercise. Now, the last thing I want to talk about, about making your life easier, is a little trick that I've started doing with my with my clients. I try to be really strict and say, you only have 20 to 30 minutes to prepare an activity for a session, whether it be a presentation, for example. Well, presentations, actually. Why? Because if you get used to preparing a presentation in 20 or 30 minutes, in reality, because in reality, you're not going to have a lot of time normally, it's going to feel more comfortable. So if you have extra time to prepare something, let's say you have an hour or two hours, you're like, oh, perfect, bonus, because I'm used to doing it in 20 minutes. So if I can do it in two hours, well, great. Because the opposite is if you spend ages preparing something and then in reality you only really have 20 minutes or half an hour, then you're going to feel uncomfortable because you're always going to think that you haven't done enough preparation. So I think it's a good way of trying to manage and also be realistic. You don't want to labor over things for hours and hours and neither do you need to. What you need to do is have a solid 20 or 30 minutes. Think about what is it that I actually want to say? What are some of the keywords that I want to do? And that can make your life feel a little bit easier and certainly less stressful if you have less time to prepare. So definitely encourage you to give that a whirl. And also without slides, try doing things without slides because slides are like a safety blanket. Some people feel naked without slides. You take away the slides and it's like exposure. <laughs> Sounds really bad, but it's true. It's just you and the words. So if you can feel comfortable without the slides, then when you have the slides, well, it's just going to feel nice. It's going to feel comfortable. Look at all these slides that I've got. Fantastic. Whereas the other hand, on the other hand, if you always practice with slides and then you have to do them without, it's going to make you feel a little bit more exposed, a little bit more insecure. So those are just little tricks to make your life easier in the long run. So let me do a quick recap. Make sure you plan when you use stories and make sure they're really clear. If you make any historical references or popular culture references, perhaps get a second opinion from somebody else to see if it bounces off. 
And be careful because there's different references that don't go universally, right? There's things that Spanish people say that British people don't say, that French people don't say. So it might be worth getting a second opinion from a colleague, for example, to see if you think, do you think I could say that? Or my other piece of advice is if you're not sure, don't do it. That would be my advice, to be honest. Careful with analogies because they can often get a little bit complicated, mixed up. They sound messy. The meaning doesn't always get across. Be really clear with your pronunciation of any key words or key people at any particular point. If you feel distracted when you speak in English because you're concentrating a lot and it makes you feel insecure, try to take the view of your camera off and try and give yourself less time to prepare so that you feel more comfortable in those situations. I hope that was helpful. Now, just to finish off, let's have a look at my word structure or phrase that hardly anybody uses but everybody should. I'm always telling people about this phrase. One of my favorites. These are all favorite things that I love to tell people about, by the way. And this week's one is a phrase, to keep an eye on something. Now, this can be to watch someone or something, but normally in a business English context, we're going to say something. To keep an eye on someone is kind of to watch over them and make sure they're doing the right thing but we use it a lot to sort of talk about monitoring things. Let's keep an eye on it and, and see what happens. Do you want me to keep an eye on it? I work with some people that, that work closely with markets, for example, and this is where it often comes up. They have to be really attentive to the changing prices in the market and they have to keep an eye on a lot of different things that are happening around the world political things, uh, different manufacturers, different updates, whatever. They have to keep an eye on a lot of things. And you probably have to keep an eye on a lot of things as well. So that is my phrase for this week. Hardly, I don't think anybody's used that, but I tell a lot of people about it because it comes up very naturally. It's a really nice phrase to use. I really hope that episode was useful. I really enjoyed talking about that with you today. And as I said at the beginning, if you like the episodes, you find them useful, then definitely sign up to the Anna with Two Ends newsletter. You're going to get a weekly summary of all the advanced business vocabulary. And best of all, it's free of charge, delivered straight into your inbox. And I think it was really help you to consolidate and learn extra things that you hear on the episode. Thanks again for, for listening and I'll see you soon. Bye bye.